the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Dan Prof Show. We move from a conversation about an imperious governor, St. Andrew of COVID-19, to the imperial presidency. Yes, including Joe Biden, but not limited to him. In fact, it was historian Art Schlesinger who wrote about the imperial presidency in 1973. Fast forward nearly 50 years, and uh, I don't think the presidency, uh, I don't think Schlesinger could have contemplated just how imperial the presidency would become. That is the thesis of a recent op-ed from our friend Matt Purple, senior editor at the American Conservative, AmericanConservative.com, who joins us now. Matt, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Hey, Dan. Always great to be with you. Uh, just setting um, uh, you know, uh, new records for executive orders, the Biden administration, in the first uh, few weeks of, of uh, his presidency. But it's, you know, and, and conservatives are complaining about it, but uh, we can't be surprised, can we? No, we can't. And to be fair, Biden has has now cranked out the most executive orders in that short a period of time. Uh, in turn, as some of them were to reverse executive orders that have been issued by Donald Trump, but they didn't come in this blitz at the beginning of his presidency. Um, even somebody who you know grew the executive as vastly as George W. Bush did, for example, issued nowhere near this number of executive orders. It really is unprecedented. Um, but that being said, you know, setting the executive orders aside for a minute, we've been bloating the presidency, the Oval Office, for a very long time now. You know, you had um, <clears throat> under George W. Bush, you had the uh, executive branch allotted enormous surveillance powers under 9-11, the Patriot Act, and so on, uh, really grew it as a mechanism of security. Uh, under Barack Obama's administration, you had this idea of the president as celebrity, you know, this shining figure who was going to heal all our ills and cure us completely. And, and also, you know, some very big executive orders himself, himself including on, on DACA, for example. Um, Donald Trump did some of this as well, although I think he was a weaker executive than he often uh, gets credit for. Everybody likes to scream that he was a fascist and an authoritarian and so on. That doesn't really uh, seem to be the case. Nevertheless, you know, certainly that the presidency continued to be imperial. And now here we are. And it just seems like, you know, we, we're supposed to be a small R Republican form of government. Uh, but the only way that power really originates with the people anymore is that every four years we get to choose from, you know, two all powerful figures, whichever one we want to put in the White House. And that doesn't seem like the way that we're supposed to operate. Well, and like you said, uh, you know, the uh, the reaction to uh, a crisis, uh, the terrorist attack of 9-11 expands the power of the presidency. And now the reaction to the pandemic, COVID-19, expands the presidency in the form of things that don't seem so major, maybe in the moment when you're trying to affect a certain outcome, like schools reopening, but can turn out to be actually quite major long term. And I just, you know, today on Friday, we we uh, waiting with uh, bated breath for the CDC to issue new guidelines about how schools can safely reopen. 
when you've got uh, private schools around the country that have been open since last fall, and according to some counts, more than Biden's goal for his first 100 days of schools offering some sort of in-person learning, it's just sort of past post, but yet you still have uh, all eyes turned towards the CDC on school reopening when we understand schools are largely matters of state and local concern. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have this pattern of uh, government fails and then accrues more power as a consequence of the failure. And you saw this after 9-11, you know, the, the uh, security bureaucracy, the intelligence bureaucracy had all the information it needed to stop these hijackers. They were getting pulled over for like speeding tickets all over the place. And, and we knew that something was coming, uh, but the intelligence wasn't shared properly. The information didn't get to where it needed to go. And so this attack happened. Yet afterwards, you have this enormous concentration of power uh, within that same bureaucracy with, with those same people. And it's the same thing with, with COVID happening, like you said. You know, the FDA, uh, again, should have known that something was coming here. You had labs out in Washington State that were frantically waving their arms around saying, hey, this is a problem. We have this now. It's coming. Uh, the FDA mostly sat on its hands or it got snared in bureaucracy and red tape. And, and now we have the coronavirus as bad as it was. Um, and I would add, too, that you had the same thing with the insurrection. I mean, Dan, I could have told you that there was a risk from the Proud Boys coming to Washington, D.C. for the third time in a month, because the, the previous two times they'd come to Washington, D.C., they perpetrated violence then, too. Yet somehow the Capitol Police were totally unprepared. Uh, some, so, somehow everybody seemed to get you know, caught with their, you know, their, their pants down on this. And now, this, and now you have people like John Brennan saying, actually, we need even more power so that we can go after these terrorists. Uh, it's a pattern, and it's a very troubling one. Right, and 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 also, I mean, with the Capitol Police too, I I'm, I would call it more of a desecration, a, John, a la Jonathan Turley, than an insurrection. But there was the offer of ten thousand National Guards troops for January sixth that was rebuffed by Capitol Police too, which is which makes things all the more curious. You you have you we have the necessary resources to be able to you know peacefully administer any particular event at the Capitol. Um, so it's not a resource issue. It's not even a willpower issue. It's a, it was a judgment call issue in this instance, but that doesn't stop, uh, you know, red diaper babies like, uh, like William Brennan from wanting to take advantage of what occurred. Um, I wanted to get to also to this other piece that you wrote. Uh, it was, uh, I think, uh, Gil Scott Heron, who famously said the revolution will not be televised. And it is David Hogg who is now saying the revolution will have lumbar support, according to you. <laughs> David Hogg is going to save the left from itself by outcompeting uh, a, a competitor, a political opponent, rather than just trying to silence or eliminate him. One of the things that may yet save us from whatever you're worried about today, you know, a civil war or something like the Troubles, whatever, you know, all the fears that have been flitting around for the past month, is the fact that we're just so decadent and we're so wealthy, right? Like America is such a comfortable country right now, even in spite of the COVID, as bad as that's been. And I'm not trying to make light of that at all. But you see, you have the situation where Mike Lindell, who is the head of my pillow and who Donald Trump has invited to the White House personally, you know, he's, he's uh, floated all those claims of voter fraud. He now has a competitor for his pillow company in the form of David Hogg, who's a left-wing activist who's starting his own pillow company in order to compete with my pillow because he wants to drive him out of business, which I can think of much worse ways to go. Like that's not sure. you know, starting yeah. a competitor company. It's hardly the, the least American thing to do here. And, you know, I wish him all the, the, the best. And it does seem like Lindell has come unhinged. Um, but it just, it goes to show you like, 
you know, even when it comes to the culture war, as bad as the culture war can be, we're still just racing to create pillows against each other. Um, it's, <laughs> right. We might be okay, Dan. It just yeah. might be okay. Right. As a brother against, from brother against brother to pillow against pillow or pillow manufacturer <laughs> against pillow manufacturer. Although it will be interesting to see if that really is anything more than a virtue signal uh, of a – uh, uh, capitalist enterprise, because I think David Hogg is going to find out that um, actually running a successful business, building and running a successful business, turns out to be a lot more difficult than just mow-mowing those who have uh, built and run successful businesses, even if you disagree with them politically. So we'll see on that. Matt Purple, Senior Editor at the American Conservative, theamericanconservative.com. Matt, uh, always good to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. When you started off with nothing and you found that you're a separate man. And your fans, they all come calling, slap you on the back and say, Exposing political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.